Chrissy Giles wasn't just a model. She was an Instagram model. She was loved. She had family. She had friends. She had beauty. And she had a great spirit. But now, her family, her husband, they don't have Chrissy Giles anymore because one night she made a wrong decision. She and her girlfriend Hilda Marcella Cabrales Arzola went out on the town. They went out to celebrate. Chrissy's husband was away. And they thought they would have some fun. But in a big city, and even a small city, you just never know who you can trust. You have to keep your wits about you. And sometimes having fun doesn't end up fun. And that's where you have to be careful. These girls went out for a good time and ended up going to a loft party. They were in all the right places. They were where everybody likes to go, where people want to have fun, where the hip people are, the cool people are, where it's down and dirty and wild. And yeah, there's some, you know, recreational drugs going on. But it's all about having fun and being in the party. But the funny thing is, what criminals don't realize is Everything's on camera these days. It really makes me wonder why people keep committing crimes because your secret isn't very hidden these days. If you're going to commit a crime, you really should be much more careful with technology. It's so much easier to find the murderers, the rapists, the criminals. Unfortunately, it's usually after they've struck. This is one of those cases where evil has really triumphed over girls who just want to have fun. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode and be intrigued to find out more about the lives Chrissy Giles and Hilda Marcella Cabrales Arzola. Thank God for fashion. I think there's so much crime in fashion because people are drawn to fashion. I got into the business of fashion to tell stories. Flashes all around. Top model Gia got it all, all at once. At the end of the day, it's the comeuppance. The runway catway's mine. We have very eclectic personalities. I'm here with Philip Blosh. My fabulous co-host, Pat Cleveland. Biggest crime in fashion has been the death of Versace. Shortly before 9 a.m., fashion designer Gianni Versace was shot on the steps of his villa. And now I get to tell the stories of people I love in fashion. When people are caught and they have to pay for their crimes. Body found yesterday in the Seine River in Paris. How did she die? Katusha Neon. Sylvie Cachet was on top of the world. Her body found in an overflowing bathtub. You're listening to True Crime Fashion and Passion with your host, Philip Block. Welcome to True Crime, Fashion and Passion. I'm Philip Locke, your host, and fashion has always been my passion, but one of my newest passions is true crime. There are so many true crime stories in the fashion industry, and I can't wait to share them with you. This is a double crime, and really, in this story, I've learned that nothing good happens after 2 a.m. at somebody else's home or outside of your own home, and predators are everywhere. I would like you to meet my co-host, the amazing Carol Alt. Hi, Philip. Thank you for having me again. And you know what? I think that one of the main things I took away from this story is even if you buddy up, you can't trust anybody. Don't get in anybody's car. If your Uber doesn't show up, call Lyft. If if Lyft doesn't show up, call a taxi. Just get out. (laughs) But whatever you do, don't get into a car. With people you don't know. Yeah, it's really it's really something. And as it's so funny looking at different cases from different decades, from the nineties or the two thousands, social media has played so much of a part of these, you know, cases. Now, this is a case from from November. This is only a few months ago. A few old. months ago. It's not even completely solved yet, but we'll get more into that. And and by the way, nothing good happens after one o'clock. One AM, yes, absolutely. I was pushing that limit as I always do. Today I want to talk about a model, a beautiful young girl, spirited, really like a hippie child. She got married and she wore 
little flower crown. She was someone who even went to Burning Man, which is a very creative, wild party. She got engaged in Bur- Burning Man. And married there. And married there. Christy Giles was born November 5th, 1997. She was from Mount Olive, Alabama. Her father was Leslie Wayne Giles and her mother, Des- Dusty Leslie Giles. She had two older sisters, Brittany Alice Giles and Misty Giles Weldon. I think it's so important to talk about the families because once the girls are gone or once... once Somebody's the, gone. Somebody's gone. Families are left with this hole. They'll never get to hug their loved one again. They'll never come to dinner. They'll never call or text. And or, Chrissy was 25 years old. I mean, she was so young. She was really, really young. It is it is crazy. Her father was a military police officer. He My father was military police. The, and so, you know... I, I, I Firemen and military police. <laughs> I, I think these stories and the families, everybody has such an important part. I'm always, as I say, I'm always so attracted to how everybody comes together to be in this but one But military place. police are very strict with their kids, pretty much. I mean, yeah. my dad was very strict with us. Well, I'm sure her, as the youngest child, that's yes. why she has that whole bohemian wild yeah, the baby. child. Because she, I'm sure the other sisters are different, probably more conservative. She was the one that was out there and living her best life. Christy was talented, adventurous. She was an athletic child playing soccer at the age of a bit of a tomboy. A bit of a tomboy. She was even on the boys' team. She was right? on the <laughs> and, and, and that that's a woman after my own heart. I exactly, mean, yeah, exactly. I, I can I can attest to being a tomboy myself. Well, and you know, she was one of those girls. She was fishing, skydiving, scuba, scuba diving. diving. I mean, she swimming, just did everything. Boating, soccer, yeah. even shooting guns with her dad. You know, I mean, that takes a certain kind of girl to shoot guns. And and I love a, a dad daughter relationship. I think you can speak to that. You know, just that connection that you have. And I think the intuitiveness that parents have about these situations, it's always interesting to see how family moves forward once somebody's murdered. How they move forward, yeah. How they move forward. Different families move forward differently. And how they want justice and how they have to fight. The interesting thing is the police do not do this on on their own. No, you have to push them. These days you have to be an advocate and you have to push for justice to be served, whether it's the husband or or the family. Well, she had a husband too. She had a family and her husband. Her husband, Jan Silliers. Right, who happened to just be out of town that night. She She was Visiting his dad in San Francisco. Night out with the girls. It's it's very interesting how social media and the technology plays a part in this murder also. I want to talk about... she. Oh, Christy actually... Entered, so this is interesting between you and I and everybody here. We live in a different time. We started... You started... You know, you were doing Vogue covers. When I started, I was doing my... I had a little different career. I did more of the teenage covers and the jeans. It was different, you know, because I I looked 14 and 15 when I started. I was already 20. I looked 30. (laughs) Yeah, and I looked... I was 19 and looked 15. I was doing the Butterick and the Spiegels. Exactly, because you were playing the grown woman and I couldn't play a father or a groom, even though I was at that age. I I couldn't get cast in it. It was all the young things. But now, careers are different. You're a social media model. That means you don't... You know... You don't necessarily have an agency. No, but you have control over your own career and your own image that we didn't have. But you don't get the jobs that we have. This is true. Our careers were much more prestigious. I I just feel like some of these careers now, it's like, well, who says you're a model? Like Eileen Ford or Johnny Casablancas or Wilhelmina Put their stamp on you. Put their stamp on you. Franca Sozzani You joined their stable. Exactly. Franca Sozzani, the editor of Italian Vogue, or Anna Winter says, this is a Vogue model. Or Grace Mirabella, may she rest in peace. You know, these people put their stamp on you. These are all, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but I've really had to come to terms 
terms with. And I'm I have, sure you to. have too. <laughs> there you go. You know, these people are self-proclaimed models. We were validated. I worked for Gauthier and Galliano and Saint Laurent and Italian Vogue, and you have multiple Vogue and bizarre everybody, covers. Valentino, Dior, Albert Watson, Bill King, the biggest photographers in the I mean, Scavulo. Penn and Avedon. You know, I, I don't mean it anything against them, but we were real models in a time where there was a, a wall that you had to get across. You had but to these people are being validated by their peers. Yes. It's a different thing. Absolutely. Their social media is gaining them notoriety and money, probably more money than we made at the time. <laughs> I wonder though, really, I really wonder about that. The interesting thing, and I bring this up specifically in Christy's case, because Christy actually had an agency. And Christy, although she was only five foot six, which is, as we know, way too short well, for our industry. We had, we had some of the, I mean, Isabella Rossellini was very, very Yes, very but Isabella small. was really a specific no, model. No, of course. I mean, she was beautiful, but she was also royalty. And is. She still is. She's still alive. <laughs> no, yes. Sorry. Uh, I didn't you mean know, to... her mother was Ingrid Bergman. She was, but she did, what, Lancome for years. She just did Lancome. She wasn't a real model. She wasn't going on casting. Well, but she, she was, was the cover of Vogue. And, multiple I mean, she had Vogue Every covers. Vogue cover. Exactly. Her, her and Kim Alexis. Every every career is different is I guess what we're saying and now it's so different because again she had the validation she was the Lancome model for I don't know 20 years at least I don't know how many Vogue covers and then she went in to do movies as well but she had that genuine career these days it's just a little different and being 5'6 is obviously difficult to be you know there was Isabella well, Rossellini Kate Moss was a little yeah but she not 5'6 five five yeah but Kate just Moss about. she no, was a little the... more I think yeah I don't think so around there you know but she was definitely let's pull out the yeah, Google <laughs> Pull out the Google. How tall was Kate Moss? <laughs> That's so funny. Well, anyway, but yeah, th I Are mean, you Googling it. I'm so curious. I am. I am. I'm, Hang on a second. Curious. Maybe five seven, maybe five, around there. Five seven. Christy was still smaller. You know, what I mean, and there's and there's only one Kate Moss and only one Isabella. Well, Rosalina. you never know. Kate Moss didn't know she was Kate Moss until yes. she was Kate Moss. But she became Kate Moss really quickly. Yeah. And I right. think and I so think Christy that didn't Chris have a chance. That's no, what's no, no, so no, 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 no. Terrible about this story. Uh, yeah, she didn't get a chance to be chance. Kate Moss. And, and this yeah. is my point. I think Christy had that potential. You know, when I first saw the story, I'm like, oh, she's five six. She's an Instagram model, and I was like, I started digging in and I started to see the work she was doing. I started to really look at her. She didn't have the Avedons and the Scavulos photographing her. She was, you know, her husband was photographing her who did, you know, this natural beachy kind of look. You didn't get to see her as in, in an Isabella Rossellini career, a Kate Moss career, a, a Carol career. You see the transformation when they're this, they're that. They play all these different characters as a model. Christy didn't have the time and there's the sad thing. And you know who else didn't have the time? Her best friend, Hilda. Hilda was born, uh, Hilda was born in 1995. Again, she was, you know, just a kid. She was just getting started in her career as an architect, an interior uh, an interior decorator, an architect. She had just come to L.A. She started working in 2017. So beautiful. So beautiful. Both of them were really, really beautiful. Hilda could have been a model also. Uh, really, she has such an indigenous South American look at this point, you know, and that's Which, really Which, by the way, right when now. we started, there was very little diversity. I have to, like, give Absolutely. kudos to the fact that it's really diversified a lot today. Absolutely. As, as I just said about the indigenous, you know, the indigenous there's a very big model right now and that's an indigenous Indian girl from Mexico having a huge career right now. I think, you know, we see this diversity in the social media has opened up that portal for everyone to, to become a model and, and live their life. Hilda had just come to America. She'd been, gone to school. She graduated cum laude from her university. You know, this was a really smart girl with goals and ambitions. She was come to at Los Angeles to work with a, a landowner. They were developing these properties and they were girls looking to have a good 
time. Christy, you know, this is always interesting to me. And it's always, you know, that question of who's going out to the clubs and partying without their husband? You know, I mean, do you do that? Were you were you that girl? Were you going out? I mean, I, mean, I was always on location thing. somewhere. So yeah, of course I would be in Paris. And I, the last night there, I would go and dance in whatever privé or in, if I was in Italy, in Milan, I'd go to Hollywood, you know, one night out and then get on a plane the next day exactly, and land exactly. in New York and go back into the studio. So yeah, you have to blow it out every now and then. And, <laughs> and yeah, you know, in this industry, you, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. You're not always with your husband, you don't travel Absolutely. with them. And it, like this story here, he was down in San Francisco visiting his father. He was a photographer that worked with her quite often. It was probably that one moment. You know, we always talk about the perfect storm. Yeah. How all these absolutely. things hit together at the same time to allow something to happen. And I think this just was Chrissy's perfect storm. Yeah, the unperfect perfect storm, really, how it how it all ends up going down. You know, Christy's husband was away, and they went out with a third girl. There was a third girl, and we don't know her name because of... She wanted to remain anonymous. She wants to remain anonymous, and this, this no crime kidding. is still ongoing. There's yeah. still... This crime is so fresh. I mean, it was in a lot of the newspapers, but it's interesting, as a crime progresses, there's a lot of stories. There's developments every week or two, but very interesting. So they go out, they go to Soho House. Again, yes, again, Soho the infamous House. Soho House. In-house, infamous Soho House. Well, that is the place where all the uh, insiders hang out. Yeah, that's the place you want to go. That's where you're going to make the connections. That's yep. where the beautiful people meet. It's the watering hole of the beautiful. Again, sex in the city. You know, and, you know but you talk <laughs> about how important it is to go out and network. I mean, this business is all about networking. A lot of businesses, it's all about networking, who you know who you meet and if you meet them at the right time that they have something that you can do or work on and I love Soho House in LA is amazing it and, is amazing you know you walk in there and hey Kendall Jenner I, you know I, I just saw Queen Latifah there not so long ago ASCP Rocky's there Rihanna's over there I mean like it's a who's who there I mean you never know who you're gonna see there it's really one of those places like it can be very it's star-studded yeah it is the hot spot so after they went to this is all happening on Friday November 12th uh, 2021 just recently they go out on a Friday night. They take their selfies at home getting ready. They go to Soho House. And then there's another party happening downtown. Now, this is a new kind of phenomenon, the warehouse. Oh, the warehouse, yeah. The, the rambling warehouse parties, they didn't really have those until those are more much more recent. Like, yes. we went to the club that was there, even if it was this underground we knew a lot of underground clubs. Yes, we did. And a lot of after. And then in the middle there, there was the pop up club. Yeah, you'd have to you have to get the text so you knew where to go well, that this is, night. This is what this is. This is so like this a was, rave. This, this was is a an rave. EDM okay. pop up club. Apparently, it was for there was a, an Australian EDM group that had a big concert that night. So this all had to do with that. And actually, funny you should mention that. That's how the murderers, the alleged murderers come into the story. Okay, go ahead. So they get downtown. They're at this warehouse warehouse party. Very interesting. So the three girls go out. They go to Soho House. Then they're at this downtown warehouse party. Third girl, who we, we can't name, she doesn't drink. So she's the sober one the so whole So she's night. seeing everything unfold. She's seeing everything in a different light. She sees, she's the me at the party now. Not the me in the 80s at the party, but the me in the 2020s at the party. I'm the one that's like, I see everybody for their craziness. I just sit there and like, oh my God, these people. People are nuts. She's that girl. So for safety reasons, she doesn't want to be named, but she told her story. She was very forthcoming and did everything she could to kind of help because she ends up leaving them through the night. So so basically, they're in this VIP room at this warehouse party. Which always isn't safe and secure. People think they're in the VIP room and everybody in there is cool. And that is not, VIP does not necessarily mean everybody's cool. Well, and that's really what was going on here. These girls are thinking, the, the girl that was sober through the whole party was like, they didn't even 
didn't have on ID bracelets. They didn't have the right bracelets. So to get they into broke the into VIP. the VIP room. They snuck into the VIP mm-hmm. room, and 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 the sober girl who lived to tell the story. I'm sure maybe Christy, Christy, and and Hilda saw this also, but the girl that shall remain unnamed saw this, and she took note of it, and she said these four these four grown ups. She said they were like in their 40s. They seemed old. They didn't seem cool. They didn't have ID bracelets on. I know in their 40s, and they seem old and uncool. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's you read my mind. <laughs> she's talking about me. You mean like when I come into the club? Yeah, but and these I, guys took their shirts off. Uh, and, I mean, like already, already, yes, I'm like, I would leave, dude, just right there, dude. Ugh. Put your shirt back on, Yuck. especially at that kind of club, like. Club. So apparently, there was an Australian EDM group called Rufus Du Soul. So they had a big concert, and that's where everybody came from for this after party. And these people, these four weirdos. So there's the two really obnoxious guys, one more obnoxious than another, and then there's um, a woman and a guy that seem like a couple. They're more together. They're kissing, and they're kind of sticking more to their self. They're a little more quiet, but there's these two really obnoxious guys, and one of them is actually shooting everything. He's got a camera, but the girl that that was sober, sober girl, we'll call her sober girl, doesn't even think there was really film in the camera, but the interesting thing, and this is what's fascinating about now, there's photos everywhere. You're on video camera, like... Yeah, why do you even need to carry a camera? Well, why do you commit a crime when you've been photographed all night? The pictures are there. There's pictures of them together. how many times did we talk about this today with CCTV? I mean, the cameras are everywhere. The club has cameras. They're taking pictures. Everybody's got their phone out. They're taking selfies. They're apprehended like in no time because everybody, the everywhere. evidence is there. And social media and, and, and the internet plays such an important part in this case. So basically, you know, the party's winding down and Sober Girl says, I'm getting out of I'm here. I'm out of here. These guys are creepy. I'm not into it. I'm getting out of here. And she leaves. Just before she leaves, one of the creepy guys puts his jacket on Hilda. Hilda's the architect from Mexico. And he puts his jacket on her and she kind of nods at Sober Girl and Sober Girl nods at her and kind of says, like, rolls her eyes and Hilda's like, ugh, you know, like, whatever. I'm just not even getting into it. There's a lot of a lot of that going on, so I kind of wonder why Christy and Hilda stayed also. Why didn't they just, just all leave? stay together? Yeah, why didn't you leave with your third friend? Like, why did you stay? You didn't even like these people. You weren't necessarily having a wild time. If Sober Girl was ready to go, you should have gone with her. I, I, you know, I should have taken that lesson myself sometimes. The group left the warehouse party about 4.47, so they all got in cabs or Ubers or however they did it, and they continued on to David Pierce's apartment, number 8641. It was this building on Olympic Boulevard over in West Hollywood area. So who's area. David Pierce? David Pierce is creepy guy number one. Okay. David so they go Pierce. back to this creepy guy's they house. They go back to creepy guy's house. Like, who goes to creepy guy's house? People who maybe have had a couple drinks and aren't thinking. A little something else. I, I don't know what anybody, don't know. if anybody had ecstasy or what was going on there, but it was a rave. They've been going all night. There's, there's something going on there. I, I don't know what anybody's preference is here. But the story gets a lot worse at this point. Christy and Hilda are sitting there texting. So this is 4.47 when they go when they leave. At 5.30, <laughs> by the time they got back to his house, they already realized, like, this is this not This is good. not where we want to be. We want to get out of here. So by 5.30, this is like, obviously, and the interesting thing is, that's like 13 minutes to 5, they were leaving there. So in less than 45 minutes, and it takes time to get from downtown LA to where this apartment is. That's at least a 30-minute ride. They couldn't have been in the apartment more, more than, than 10 or 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, I think they were in the like 10 or 15 minutes, and they're like, this is not good. They're, Tixi, Christy texted and said, let's go. And with a 
you know, a funny face emoji. And Hilda replied, yes, I'll call an Uber. However, the two never got in never the Uber. Never got in the Uber. They never got in that Uber. Now, you said you couldn't find out if the Uber showed up or if it showed up and they didn't get into it. Yeah, I was not able to find any information about that. I got to call out to Uber, but they haven't called me back. Surprise. Well. <laughs> Surprise. Does Uber ever call you back? They show up, but most of the time they show up. But if you've got a question, they're not calling you back. So interestingly enough, social media played such an important part. So Christy has been texting with her boyfriend all night. She pings constantly. He knows where she is. Hilda pings uh, the other friend, Miss Sober. She pings Miss Sober. And so Miss Sober's like, oh, I guess they're at some another friend's house. Okay. I don't know why Miss Sober didn't really think. Like, this is on Saturday. You know, everybody wakes up and sees... Hmm. You know, Jan wakes up in Jan Silliers, her her husband wakes up in San Francisco with his dad and he's like I don't know. I don't this recognize address. this place. Yeah, where is she? And Sober Girl kind of was like, oh, I guess she's at another friend's house. Well, Sober Girl and she were supposed to go to a concert that day. Sober Girl and Hilda were supposed to go to a concert that day. So Hilda never shows up for the concert. So Sober Girl starts to get a little bit worried here. And boy, can you imagine back in the day if you had a cell phone? and you knew where everybody was, it was so much easier today to find people. That's another yeah. thing. I, my God, how many places in Milan and Paris did we just end up? I mean, nobody would ever found me. You could dump me in the sand. And you had to go out in the street that. and try to hail a cab at three o'clock oh in the my morning. God. I had that in Spain. I had no idea where I was. And you know, you're in these little tiny streets and you don't, but now they pinged. Everybody knew where they were. So basically from 5.30 in the morning, nobody heard anything else. Nobody right. could tell where they were. They were texting. They weren't answering their text. Nobody was responding. Everybody's starting to get a little worried. And then apparently at 5 p.m., 12 hours last after the last time Christy had made any contact or Hilda had made any contact, Christy was dumped in front of a hospital in Culver City. A black Prius pil- pulled up with three men in black with bandanas around their faces. No license plate. No license plate. plate. So premeditated. They got out and dumped the body on the sidewalk, their cold, lifeless body on the sidewalk. Such disrespect for life. And they were dumped on the sidewalk. Not both of them. No. Hilda so was two, dumped later. So so let me tell you the crime. So let me tell you how the story goes. So yes. basically at, at 5 p.m., 12 hours after the last time they heard from, they dump Christie's body in front of this hospital. These three men in all black with bandanas on, no license plate, a black Prius. Just dump the body. And so Jan is called. Jan is called and he calls Sober Girl. Sober Girl gets in the car to rush to the hospital to be there with her friend. She's like, oh my God, my friend, I was just out with them last night. And I know we all know how that feels when you've been with somebody and then they're gone the next day or you were just talking to them or you just took a photo with them the day before or three days before. You were out with them that night and suddenly she's at a hospital. She's rushing to get there. Jan is freaking out because he's in San Francisco. And five minutes before she gets to the hospital, Jan calls her and says, she's gone. Christy's gone. She's dead. She never got to be there with her friend. And at the same time as Christie's being announced dead, they, they get a call from the other hospital. Kaiser Permanente. Exactly. And as Sober Girl gets to the hospital, she already knows Christy's dead. She goes into the hospital and she's crying. She's freaking out. The police are there. And she shows them her, her cell phone and she says Hilda was with her and Hilda's at this address and it still shows Hilda at this address in pinging. West Hollywood. Pinging. pinging. She's still at the address in West Hollywood. Hollywood on Olympic Boulevard. So somewhere in that time, as the police are heading that direction, it they, turns out they load Hilda into a car. They load and they Hilda her... into the back pre- black Prius. 
again, and they dump her her in front of a different hospital at a way different location. She's like dumped over in the valley As if they're trying to say, well, you know, it's over there and over here, but not where we are. So crazy. So so crazy. It's not close to our house, so how could it have been us? And so apparently when, and again, same black car, same three guys in black clothes with the bandanas. And I can't wait to see what these guys, who these guys are. Oh my God! It's you know, eh? They're they're, they're well, they're, they're there. So yeah, they're at the. The so, police go to the so apartment. So the police right? start to head in that direction, but somewhere along the way, they find out that the police, the the hospital calls sober girl to tell them that Hilda's been dropped off because she's the last call on Hilda's phone. I guess these idiots didn't take the phones from the girls when they dumped them at the hospital. Oh, don't give them that hint. You know what I mean? Like they they were so stupid they. However, the girls died and and they transported them with their phones. So the hospital then was able to call Jan because he sees that's who's they see that's who's Christie's communicating with. And they call. So Sober that's how Jan because, found out the hospital. Yeah, called. the hospital called. And, and then they, the hospital where Hilda was dropped off calls Sober Girl. Now, so now Hilda was dropped off. Hilda's able to be resuscitated. So luckily, she's able to be resuscitated, but she's brain dead. So even if she survives, she's brain dead, but they, they've got her alive. They call. At that point, they reach out to Hilda's parents. You know, it's it's just a mess. At this point, all the friends are communicating. People are calling, and everybody's just in that state of raw emotion. Just, what the fuck? You know, this is like, what happened here? And, and you know, your friend, your wife, and, and you have people in different countries. So everything is so complicated because the husband's not in the same city. The parents are in a different country. How do you get to your child? How do you get to your loved one in this case? As this starts to go on over the next couple days, Christy was 24 years old when she died and Hilda was 26. Hilda lasted a few more days. Her parents got to be there with her in the end when they when they pulled the plug. But over the next few days, as they start to kind of post these pictures of who these guys are and the police are starting to investigate, because there's a whole trail of photos and videos. I mean, it's incredible. Things like we know the location of the murders. We know everything. And so apparently people are writing and saying that when the toxicology reports come out, it's found out that these girls have been pumped with heroin. 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 They filled them full of heroin. And Jan, so her husband Jan, Christy's family, Hilda's family, everybody, all the friends say, these girls didn't take heroin. They they weren't taking those kind of drugs. They were party girls, but that wasn't how they partied. This is a whole nother level. And everybody was so sure of that. So they start exchanging these pictures and then other on social media and other girls start texting and saying, hey, that guy, David Pierce, that's David Pierce. I had a similar experience with him. This guy is a predator. predator. He drugged me. He did things to me. This goes back to 2010. Ten. He has multiple cases against him, multiple. Uh, and in, How does he keep getting out? That's the question. Well, to... they're not able to convict him or get anything to stick because why? The girls, girls were drugged and they could. They can't unreliable remember. victim. They're unreliable victims. They didn't go report it right away because, you know, a lot of times when you're drugged and I You don't I'm, even know if it really happened. This happened to me. You don't know. Did I imagine this? You block it out. It's, sometimes it's years later that you realize, oh, they raped me or, oh, this happened when I was under the drugs. I, I had my own personal experience like this twice in different places, different people, different countries. And I never thought of any of it until until I saw Oprah. And they were talking about date rape and drugs. And all of a sudden, it all came to me. And one girl described it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what happened to me. And you're drugged and you just roll over. 
and you just close your eyes and hope it goes away and you don't remember it for days later, weeks later, maybe years later, depending on your own trauma. This is really interesting. So as as it goes along, they start to investigate more. The police are looking into these guys. Do they ever go to the apartment? Well, so they went to the apartment. They talked to the neighbors. And one of the neighbors says that they heard moans and kind of crying and weird sounds coming a girl, a girl's voice coming from the apartment all day long. And they never called anybody? You know? Nobody wants to be involved. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody, they think, oh, maybe they're just having know. sex. Air, maybe they're on the they're side just... of caution. If something sounds really weird, it's weird. Well, then you become a Karen. And how many times can you call on your neighbor and call the police and say, hey, there's a girl moaning in that apartment? Well, how many times were girls moaning in that apartment? Maybe there's the question. Maybe there's the question, and I think that's a lot of what we see. You know, it, it's sad because, you know, Hilda had Hilda had dreams. She had goals. She didn't want to stay in the same spot. She wanted to move out of her comfort zone, and that's what she did. She came to L.A. to do something different, and this is where she ends up. Christy and Hilda were both from two different people, but they were so much alike. They both were very loving and kind and fun. They were just free spirits, and I think— Christy was really this flower child, and Hilda was trying to break out of that more. I think that Christy was sort of her role model and sort of like, this is my ride-or-die wild girlfriend. And she brought out the wild side of Hilda, you know? I think there was definitely the similarities, but but different things. Hilda's family donated her organs to nine different people. So nine different people, people got, got to, life. Got life from the loss of Hilda's life, which I think is always very... Always amazing. Always very amazing. Uh, let's talk about these horrible predators for a moment. Yes, this is what's so interesting to me is how these guys got away with this for so long. On Wednesday, December 15th, so we're only a few days later, right. they show up at the CBS set of NCIS in Los Angeles. One of the guys was a wannabe actor. So an extra. An extra, exactly. <laughs> a total extra. Uh, and he's shooting a CBS NCIS episode. Which is a criminal show it's criminal. about true crimes. It, I'm true sure crime. they're going to do an episode of this. I'm sure they're going to do an crime episode. scene criminal investigation. They're probably shooting an episode of this right now because it happened on their own set and they, his name was Brant Osborne. He wanted to be an actor. He was from Staten Island, the home of Pete Davidson <laughs> and many others. But um, And uh, he was apprehended by, by the police while he was facing, <laughs> you know, facing charges of accessory to manslaughter. David Pierce had been picked up earlier by police and faces charges of manslaughter. And Michael Ansbach was also picked up earlier and faces charges of accessory to manslaughter. It seems that David Pierce is the ringleader. So where did the lady go to that one of these guys was with a woman? So the the other two seem to have disappeared. I don't know whether they went to the party or not. The story really seems to be about these three guys. It, it, it seems that, again, they were taking their shirt off at the house. Like, all in that first, you know, 15, 20 minutes they were at the house, things weren't going good. I don't think the other two people even went there. I've never gotten a confirmation on that because right. nobody really knows except the three guys that are the suspects and the two girls that are dead because Sober Girl had gone home by this point. Right. The interesting thing here is, as of February 1st, 2022, David Pierce is the main person of interest. While the other two men, Brant Osborne, 42 years old, and Michael Ansbach, 47 years old, were originally picked up, they have both 
been released. This is crazy. Why were they released? I. What did you what find I know, out? The the investigation is still going on. So you can't just charge somebody because it looks they were like there. they did it and they you were know, there. Location. And, you know the way our criminal system is, you have to have all this proof. I don't know how much more proof you could ask for other than pings and and CCTV photos and, and CCTV and I just texting all this stuff. and but you've got to have video. the case. So this is why it takes so long to to apprehend them and to keep them. The, the problem is you can apprehend them and bring them in, but you can't keep them longer yeah, than Yeah, if, like, if you don't, yeah. You have to have proof and you have to have proof. You have to get the permission from, from the DAs and et cetera to be able to move forward. The DA has to feel like they have a strong enough case to keep them. So those two have been let go. David Pierce want, David Pierce is being held still. He's creep number one. He's being held at $3.4 million bond. He wants his bond lowered to $100,000 because he's saying It's he's mental problems. Well, he's got mental problems. He can't get, get his, his medication, medication and he's being exposed to COVID in the California jail system. As opposed to the two girls that were exposed to bags of heroin that killed them. You know, this is an ongoing investigation, so nobody knows exactly what happened. And we'll keep on top of this to find out more details as it, as it comes along. My heart is breaking in my chest right now. But here's the story about David Pierce. Tell me. He's been charged with two counts of forcible rape of an unconscious or asleep person, sexual penetration by a foreign object, and this is all for a string of alleged rapes dating back to 2010. His, his attorney, George Gascon says, you know, they're just holding this against him. There's no evidence. The witnesses are unreliable. There's no evidence on anything because the girls have been drugged, because they don't go to the police right away. Because, But wasn't Hildy's phone pinging in his apartment the next morning, right before she was dropped Absolutely. on the Absolutely. street in but front of Kaiser Permanente? But these are all things that will be part of the case when they get, you know, they're just adding up. They're going back and trying to build a whole case. They're going to go back to these girls. So I have gonna... a feeling you're going to be doing a podcast in the future with the wind up Absolutely. Of what there will definitely here. be a lot coming forward in this. Pierce allegedly saw, assaulted a woman in August 2010, raped a woman in February 2019, and raped two other women in separate incidents in 2020. Although in 2010 and 2019, the cases were both not reported until 2021. So this is the point of social media. When these women saw this all on social media and in the news, because this was a big, big news story, and the news focuses on the death. And that sensational moment, they don't focus on the rest of the story like you'd have to really dig to find out what's going on now and I did that's why we know more than most of the podcasts have because I really went in to dig you know they say that they were being all of them say they are hazy they were slip drugs there's a lot more to this than meets the eye his lawyer Glutzman is trying to get his bail released 100,000 saying that his client has mental illness issues and is unable to receive his medication in jail well I don't understand how he can't get his medication uh, in jail makes no sense as well as he is being unnecessarily exposed to coronavirus life's a bitch <laughs> Some people got to take the subway all day. You know, I mean, that's that's how it goes in coronavirus time. Sometimes you get exposed. As of January 31st, 2022, Judge Victoria Wilson said Pierce should remain behind bars on a $3.4 million bail posted. Investigators found $30,000 and a passport in Pierce's car when he was arrested. So that, he again, was headed is out. evidence of possible flight risk. So all of these things are what they put together to make a trial. There was a GoFundMe page started for the girls. So 
in the aftermath of all of this, what's happened? Unfortunately, no laws have been changed yet, but we hope that this is one of those cases that's going to change some laws and make a difference because there's all this evidence you have to be able to come to a conclusion quicker and not let these guys be roaming the streets to do this again to other unsuspecting women. And what was really important is in this time with social media, people have come together. There was a GoFundMe page started to help pay for the hospital bills, for the funeral expenses, and most importantly, for investigators, investigators. and criminal investigation because you've got to be an have advocate. Have a strong case. Exactly. You have to help the police nowadays. If you want justice, you can't just sit there and wait and hope that they're going to investigate your case. Jan Siliers, uh, Christie's husband, has really been on top of this. He has been in the media constantly and making sure these girls' stories keep being told and that their story doesn't die. Just because they're dead, their legacy is not dead. And that's why we're here today. Well, this is definitely a, a tale of caution, a cautionary tale. Tell women, stay together, don't get into strange cars, and nothing great happens after <laughs> one o'clock. Yes. Don't go to strangers' homes. Really? Really? I, I'm really people you don't know. You can't go to strangers' homes anymore. I, I, you know, I mean, it's just really, really crazy. You never know who you're getting involved with. And that's what happened with me. I was slipped a roofie. Didn't even know what a roofie was in that time. I mean, crazy as it is, I would have just taken it if they gave it to me. <laughs> you know what the thing is, is that this was this case was wound up so quickly thanks to social media. I know everybody always gets down on social media, but I have to say that in cases like this, you got to thank God for social media that Absolutely. goes after the bad guy immediately. And all the technology we have, the pings, they know where they were. They know the last place they were seen. Yep. There's the records that the Uber was called to that place, and they never got in the Uber or the Uber never came. One or the other, but they were never seen from again. They were never seen alive after that point. Well, I look forward to the windup of this of what happens uh, in when court cases. Absolutely, ensues. I'm sure there will be several court cases when this comes up. Chrissy and Hilda will never dance again. They'll never go out and play with their friends. They'll never go to concerts. But I think this is really one of those stories where I hope people learn a lesson. I think this is something that really shook me, and I know shook Carol to the core. You can't really trust everybody, and when you're going out on the town and you want to party and you want to turn up and you're looking good and feeling fine and you got your best Laboutins on and you're flossing your new fit. <laughs> you got to be careful because people are out there and they have alternative motives. Everybody doesn't think like you. And let's face it, there are predators out there. There are really serious predators out there. I think that was really one of the biggest lessons that I learned in my, in my life of being a model and being out in the club scene and partying and having fun was watch out for the predators. Next week, we have a fashion predator coming up on True Crime's Fashion and Passion. We have a fashion and passion segment coming up with Mr. Mickey of Paper Magazine. Mr. Mickey is someone that really shows us how to be different, how to take your, your flaws and flaunt them, how to laugh at the things that have brought you pain and, and suffering in life and kind of turn them around and, and laugh. Mr. Mickey is one of my favorite people in the fashion industry, and I know that you are going to be on the edge of your seat laughing when you hear our interview next week on True Crime, Fashion, and Passion with Mr. Mickey and Pat Cleveland and I.